Miss Betty Wells has a special this morning. Just go ahead and start opening your Bibles to Philippians 2. I wanted to brag a minute uh, on Miss Denise. She did a good job. Um, I left a note on her desk. I left my outline. I said, Miss Denise, make that look like Brother Michael's outline. And I've had somebody ask me this morning, is this your outline or Brother Michael's? So she did an excellent job. I really appreciate all she does. 
for me and Brother Michael in the office and the church. Um, tell you what, this is a tough sermon. It is. Uh, it, it's hard writing a sermon and you get to writing and you think about areas of your life that you need to improve. Uh, writing a sermon and it just convicts you all over. And this one does. In the midst of our culture, gift-giving for the holiday seasons is important. But the most important thing is looking at the true gift of Christmas, Christ Himself. He came in such a humble manner. In our culture today, we are surrounded by the idea of how can I give the very best gift for Christmas? Parents rushing into the store on Thursday, the day after Thanksgiving, or Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, into the stores with the best sales, fighting over the objects that are just marked a dollar or so off. And you say, well, Trey, that shows humility. They go in there and they act a fool. But bettering yourself at the expense of others is prideful. And I want this morning, Brother Mike. Was telling me about his series on Christmas rewrapped. Where have we gotten away from the true meaning of Christmas? And I said, Well, I got one to add in there. He said, Good, I'll be gone one week. And I said, Well, this will work out perfect. We in our society are becoming so prideful, our pride is showing up in the expense of our testimony who we are. I just want to take this morning Philippians 2 and get to the chase. Philippians 2 and verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. <laughs> Let this mind be in you. This is what the Scripture declares. Christ came as a little child in a manger, born where there was, I mean, culturally the poorest of poorest, okay? But He was still God. He took on the form of man, stepped down off his throne as God, just to come as a small child into this world. And he had to be all man. He had to learn and he had to grow just as we do. As a babe, he came defenseless. God, God reigning supreme with all power and all might, came into this world defenseless as a babe. The very same God that holds all principality and power laid it, laid in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. The manger was a place that definitely wasn't the finest of luxuries. He was born with nothing. The very same Jesus that was present when the world was created came into this world with nothing to His name. I want to go to that story in Luke 2. 
There's Jesus in the manger. And then there's another example here about the shepherds. The shepherds, and I, I, I got to reading, and, and what I do whenever I read the Bible is sometimes I try to put myself there. I try to put myself in that character. And that's what I want to try to do this morning in Luke 2 as we look at the shepherds. In Luke 2.16, it says, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. You know, the shepherds, in my mind, they could have, they could have came and said, He's just laying with the animals. We do that every night. How different is He than us? He, he's, he's laying with the animals. He's, he's just as poor as we are. And he, He's wrapped in swatting clothes. He's a baby. Why worship that? There's no royalty to be found here. There's no uh, bloodline of descent of um, royalty. He's a baby. Why are we worshiping a carpenter's son? He is just a lowly individual. It, is a, it appears there's no royal heritage. But that wasn't their response. They went away saying He's Lord. They went away glorifying and praising. Look at verse 20 in chapter 2. It says, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They went away as if it was the very best night of their entire life. A little time with Jesus. How amazing that is. And you know, the, they didn't care what others thought they had just seen. They went away thinking and knowing that they had seen the King of Kings. You know, the argument may come up, well, Trey, they had a bunch of angels come to them and declare Him King of Kings. True. But, we as Christians have the best seller for decades. A book that has been studied more than any other book for centuries. And it declares Christ as Lord. It took humility for those shepherds to bow down and worship a babe who was born into a cultural class identified with themselves. Poor. Also in Luke chapter 18, we start to see Christ teaching about humility. Luke 18 and verse 9, it says, That the same might be fulfilled which he spake of them. John's not going to help me out right there. Luke 18 and verse 9. It says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one Pharisee and the other publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank Thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. 
And the publican, standing afar off, would smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I wrote in your outline the question, have you considered yourself? Because what happened to me is I started reading that story about a Pharisee and a publican. And I started looking at it and I started saying, that, that Pharisee, I'm glad. Lord, thank you. I'm not like him. And you know what I was doing? I was doing the same thing the Pharisee was doing. I was making myself better than him. I was saying, Lord, thank you that I'm not a Pharisee. Thank you that I'm not an extortioner. I'm thank you, Lord. But I was in the same position as he was. Trying to make myself better than him. Better than the publican. God didn't give us that parable so we could do that. God gave us that parable so we could go and say, Humble me, Lord. Forgive me. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. And I wrote in my outline, if I am the Pharisee, what does that make me? I'm prideful. I'm self-righteous. Verse 14, what does it say? For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. That word abased means to make low, cause to lower in rank, to make humble. If we don't go to the Lord in a humble, lowly spirit, He'll make us humble. And it's not pretty. <laughs> Whenever God makes you humble, that's not pretty. That's not easy. Another teaching that we can look at is Matthew 11. Verses 29 through 30. Most of us use this verse in a different fashion. But I want you to look at it closely. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've never studied that out the way I studied that out this week. I got to thinking about it. If we won't rest, what does God talk about? At first, He says, uh, learn of Me. Do what I do. Think about what I've done. And then He says, be meek and lowly in heart. What is that? It's humility. It's saying, hey, I'm a servant to others. I'm no better than you. And then he says, my yoke is easy. And what do you want? You want rest? When we stop trying to build ourselves up, and we'll, which is the result of pride, when we have to keep building ourselves up, we've got to keep doing things to make our self-figure be more than it actually is. That's burdensome. Maybe that didn't come out right. That's hard work. It's hard work to make myself 
better than anybody else and to keep that status quo. But Jesus says, if you'll come and you'll take my yoke, if you'll take what I've got for you, the work that I've got for you, you'll find rest. Because my yoke is easy. It starts with a meek and lowly heart to find rest in Christ. Philippians 2, back to our text. 2 and 8 through 10. It says, And being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every every knee should bow and every bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, Christ experienced the death of all deaths. The death that frees you and me. The death that took care of you and my sin. The death that caused the Father to even turn His back on the Son. What a mockery it was to Christ. The cross was a curse as we see in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 21 and 23. It says, His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. (laughs) My Savior suffered a death above all mockery. He... Matter of fact, Christ was hung in the middle of the three, signifying that He was to be the most mocked. He was to be the worst thief or the worst sinner. My Christ suffered that being sinless for my expense. Christ was humble before God, even unto obedience, as Philippians 2 says even unto obedience, because obedience was His goal. God exalted Christ's name above every name, so that one day every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't know if you see that pattern, but I saw it so clearly. Matthew... 11, his yoke was easy. And then in Luke, where we, where we talked about every man that exalteth himself is abased, but him that it starts out humble, God will exalt him. That's exactly what Christ did. He came into this world as a lowly servant, a lowly servant trying to serve you and me. Uh, His goal was obedience unto death so that He could free us from our sin. He humbled Himself 
And therefore God exalted him above all other names. If we want significance, we have to humble ourselves under everybody. We have to stop making Christmas about you and me, but humble to do something for others because Christ did something wonderful for you and I. Christmas is not about giving and receiving. Christmas is about a gift that is bigger than any gift that you and I could ever give. Will we find the humility to see that and say Christ was a gift bigger than any gift I could ever give? And will we truly grasp a hold of that this Christmas? And let this Christmas be known that, hey, I am a humble servant of Christ Jesus my Lord. As our song minister comes for a hymn of invitation, I'm telling you, it's hard. It's hard to be humble. And I'm not saying that I am. I've got stuff in my life and I'm thinking, man, I could work on that. Whenever I was writing this sermon, I was thinking, man, this is in my life, this is in my life. And I'm trying to show out and be something I'm not. If I want to find rest, I've got to turn to the work of Christ. I've got to become meek and lowly in heart. I've got to be humble. And you know the shepherds, they had to humble themselves and worship Jesus. And realize that He was King of kings just as we have to realize He's King of kings by faith alone. By faith alone. Can you accept Christ? Humble yourself and do that this morning.